Well, back with Encounter with God here on Faith FM as we continue into today's show. And we've got a couple of special guests that are joining us. Um, Rome from Armadale Church, and uh, he's a pastor up there. And uh, Kaya, who I uh, keep trying to pronounce his name wrong, but uh, Kaya is his leading elder up there. So, yes, we're in John chapter 17. Uh, We're going to be looking at verses uh, 20 through to 26, or pretty much well to the end of the chapter. And, of course, this is the 20 Million Movement, so join us here as 20 million other people around the world all study the same chapter of the Bible together. Mm. And uh, if you want to get a copy of the study guide, because we all follow along with a study guide, it's a really cool study guide. It's like a little sort of booklet kind of a thing, and each day has a one page that you can uh, just read. There's a couple of paragraphs and some Bible verses, and you can follow along and uh, and do the study along with 20 million other people around the world who are using the same study guide. And uh, you can get a copy. It's super easy to do so. You can just look it up online, or you can go to Better Books and Food or your local uh, bookshop and uh, get a copy there. So you can give us a call if you're not sure, 1-800-FAITH-FM. We can point you in the right direction. And Mon? Yes. I think we should offer more cookbooks. Yeah. <laughs> Our I phone has really been quick. running hot. It went really, really quick. Yeah, we had. I think Shell, our producer, has said we had seven phone calls this morning already. Uh, people trying to snap up this cookbook, and I'm, I've been looking for the pages, and I'm like, do you know what? You don't want, you don't want to next give away time, now, do Next you? time, I'm going to be like, whoever gets this, you can only have it if you make me one of these. <laughs> <laughs> Page seventy-eight <Yeah. laughs> of some pumpkin soup, seventy-three. <laughs> Yeah. All right. Anyway. So, Helen, if you're listening in, page seventy-eight. Mark that down. <laughs> We're expecting something. No, 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 no. I have to read the rest of the cookbook. Oh, there might oh, be something oh, oh. more delicious than page seventy-eight. <laughs> I haven't gotten to page a hundred yet. See, tofu lasagna. How good does that tofu lasagna look? <laughs> Every page looks great. I know. Page one hundred and nine. Oh, Helen. <laughs> looks, like, looks like there's got good uh, bodybuilding. Um, yeah, it, it does. It do does, you guys it have does. to like you know follow a special diet for your, yes, for your bodybuilding? Yes, we do. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Yes, we do. We have to stick to a strict one, so. Yeah, I really great. want to learn how to do um, what do you call those things where you lift your body weight with your arm? like a chin up? Chin up, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Do you reckon I I could be able? To, I can't do anything right now, but do you reckon I could be able to do a chin up by Christmas? Yes, if you're yeah? committed, yeah, okay, yeah, definitely. Cool. I think no one should do weights until they they're able to lift their own body weight. Oh, oh there yeah. you go. That's interesting observation. Yeah. yeah, I did just join the gym. Like literally, just joined the gym last week. Got a gym membership, so yeah. Start off in the beginning, just before you get into your workout. Just uh-huh. try your body weight. Yeah. So off air, I'm gonna have to give you. You're gonna have to give me some tips sure. on how to like, because like, I can't. Well, you can. <laughs> <laughs> no, we can have some tips on air. Why not? Okay, so help help one out. I because mean, I, if, you, if I grab the bar and try and pull myself, like nothing happens. So what do I just keep doing that over the, and over again? Well, they've got they've got these machines, right? That they kind of help you lift your body weight. So you start oh. off just by, if you have a partner, will be even better. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. So yep. that person will be behind you, spotting you as you, because because your strength will gradually grow. So mm-hmm. you just got to be consistent. And, and and do it every 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 day, well, five times a, five times a week, and uh-huh. before you know it, uh, I had a guy that couldn't even do one push up. Oh wow! Could do one push up mm-hmm. after like three months. He did his first his first push up. Today he's doing like twenty push ups in the mornings. I don't know why I'm sounding so shocked by that because I don't think I could do a single push up either. <laughs> You'd be I'm able to do it. Sure, I'm sure I can do those lady push ups <laughs> uh, on your knees and your hands, right? 
Yeah, yeah. Do you know, I remember when we were teenagers and we had to, um, we were like a little gym course thing as part, part of Pathfinders. Right. And like we had to do the, the sit-ups where you line your back and you do sit-ups. And because we had one teacher running around the whole gym trying to like control the kids, I'd like get down on the mat and pretend I was doing push-ups and would literally take a nap. Oh, wow. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm going to have to adopt that one when I train more. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just assume the position and then just and we sleep. Go to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, we're off track. <laughs> we are off track. But hey, good health is always something we like to promote here on Faith FM. And uh, But let's get into our Bible study, which is um, about good spiritual health. Yes, yeah. unity. Got a, got a health, health. Unity, which is something that you guys know about with your, with your Armadale Church there. Yeah, these, yeah. Guys, these, these yeah. guys are the practical yeah. ex- experts on it. So uh, just to kick us off, um, Kaya, I wonder whether you could read for us there. Uh, Rev- uh, sorry, what am I saying? John. John chapter 17 and uh, four, verse, verse 20, please. John 17 and verse 20. I am praying not only for these disciples, but also for all who will ever believe in me through their message. Okay, thank you very much. So what we've found as we've worked our way through the prayer of Jesus, which is really a prayer for unity here in the Gospel of John, is that Jesus begins by praying for himself. Which, you know, initially it's like, why would Jesus need to pray for himself? He is God. But we notice that Jesus, when he lived here on this earth, he lived his life as a human being like us. Right. Um, and uh, he didn't, um, he didn't uh, you know, draw on, on, on any form of power that is unavailable to us. And so That's right. as a human being, he needed, to, um, he needed to, tap, to tap into that power source of God as well. Right. Um, and so, um, and so that's what we find. The second thing that we find is that he is praying for his disciples. This is the foundation for his church. These are the guys who are going to, you know, lead his church into the future. And, uh, as a result of that, he spends, you know, quite a bit of time praying for them and praying that they'll be united. And then he prays for all of us here sitting in the studio. It's a pretty good, awesome thought in that model. Yeah, amen. It is. It is. It really is. And it's actually a really good example, I suppose, for our leadership. You know, pray for yourselves and then pray for your people, for your flock. And can you imagine, you know, I sort of I sort of look at it from a human perspective and you, you sort of think of the disciples maybe listening to this prayer and as Jesus prays for all those who will believe as a result of what they say, do you think they had any idea of oh. how many people would believe? You know, that's, that's right. Yeah, and I how, think their minds would have been blown if they could look into the future and get like a little glimpse. Yes, yeah, a global movement. You know, you, you, we've got people here from New Zealand, we've got people here from Africa, we've got people here from Germany, we've got people here from Australia. That's right. Um, and and this is and this is just our studio. There's just four people in one studio. That's right. From right around the world who are believing in Jesus Christ because of what those disciples said. It's um, it's a mind blowing thought. Uh, Mon, verse twenty one for us, please. 1721, we were in chapter 17, right? Mm-hmm. We are yeah. in chapter 17. 1721 says, I pray that they will all be one, just as you and I are one, as you are in me, Father, and I am in you. And may mm. they be in us so that world, the world will believe you sent me. Okay, so this helps us to understand oneness. Yes. And we've talked about this a little bit already. Uh, we serve one God. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. We are monotheists, right. very, very staunch monotheists. Right. But in serving one God, we, uh, we we all agree that there are three persons of the Godhead, right? Right. Yes, and we discussed this yesterday in really? our question of the day. We talked about anti-Trinitarianism. Yeah, yeah. Somebody sent in a question on uh, what is anti-Trinitarianism, and we were we were discussing that. And uh, but and and what you've got is that some people really struggle with the concept of being a monotheist 
when the Godhead is made up of three people. Sure. Uh, because, you know, you look at our studio right here, we have four people. There is not one person here in the studio. There are four people here in the studio. But what Jesus is illustrating is that we can be one. Yes. The four of us here can be one. We can be united together in Jesus Christ. And so when we look at the... And this is really the unity that, that, that God is calling for in this passage, um, is this is a unity that is modeled by the Godhead. Mm. It's a, that's a really deep mm, thought. That is, yeah. You know, that we bring that into our churches, that, you know, we, we look at the Godhead as an example of how we should be united um, as Christians and as churches. Um, it's, it's, it's a pretty heavy thought because, you know, you think of... Um, you think of you know that perfect unity that they have, so that they are actually seen as one. And then we ask ourselves the question: Okay, someone looks at uh, Maitland Church or or um, Armadale Church. Do they see that church as one? <laughs> do they do they see it as you know in the same in the same way that they see right. the Godhead? Um, when when people look at our you know our marriage relationships and our family relationships, the Bible says a you know man shall leave his father and his mother and and stick to his wife and they shall become one. Right. And 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 does the world see us as one? You know the challenge, of course, is that we live in an imperfect world where uh, the imperfections of this world you know they tend to um, you know our imperfections let us down. And so we are never going to achieve the oneness that the Godhead has on this world. But that's the oneness that Jesus Christ is praying for right here Absolutely. in this passage. It's, um, it's a remarkably powerful thought when you think about it. Uh, because when you think about, you know, uh, as it says here, um, as you are in me and I in you, um, Jesus is very specific. This is the Godhead that he is speaking about, and this is um, the, the, the unity that he desires us to have. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. All right, Kyra, I might just jump back across to you real quick, and uh, if you could read for us verse 22, please. Chapter 17 and verse 22. We're just going to work our way sort of, you know, verse by verse down through this passage. Verse 22. I have given them the glory you gave me, so they may be one as we are one. Okay, thank you for sharing that. I want you to think about this for a moment. When we think about glory, the first thing that comes to our mind is brightness, right? Right. Okay, so so if the first thing that is coming to our mind is brightness, um, uh, Kaya, let me just ask you this question. When Jesus is praying this prayer, is he shining and glowing and bright? I, I would think so. Okay. Yeah, right. because uh, yeah, he has his, uh, his glory. He yeah. has his glory? Yes. Let me, let me, let me toss this thought, thought out then. We do have an instance in the Bible where Jesus is shining and bright, mm-hmm. and that's the mountain of transfiguration where he was yes. transformed. Yes. This is actually a different circumstance here. This is just before the crucifixion. So here's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking the disciples are seeing him sweating great drops of blood, and rather than being shining and bright, being in a you know a rather uh, desperate situation. 
And so that what what that brings out to me is that there's a contrast here in this verse because Jesus is talking about his glory at a time when he's looking pretty stressed out. Yeah, nothing looks glorious at all. Yeah. So I'm just I'm just hearing I'm yeah, just tossing this yeah, thought out yeah, here. Yeah, so yeah. Something for us to think about. Now, Rome, let me come across to you real quick. Um, if Jesus is talking about his glory, uh, and Mon, jump in on this too if you've got some thoughts on it. Um, what what is the most glorif the the, the, the the most glorified thing about Jesus? Is it his brightness or his character? It's a really good thought there, Lyle. I'm thinking of Exodus chapter 33 when Moses himself said, show me your glory. Uh-huh. And you'd think that God would come and show some sort of majestic light or something like that. To, uh, but what happens is he's, he ends up revealing his character. Yeah. Which he he is, goes which past is, and proclaims his character. That's right. And it's like, yeah, yeah. As you're, as you're speaking about that, I'm thinking Christ came to reveal, reveal to us the Father, be our, be our example and that sacrifice. And so it's just starting to connect as you're, as you're talking and, and speaking about how, you know, the Christ revealing his glory to us. And that would have just been um, preparing himself just for that, that moment, the, the, the most glorious moment, the yeah, cross. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And, and it's one of those things that, you know, as human beings, we like bright things. Yeah. We like shiny things. <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, women like bling. Um, <laughs> guys Excuse like shiny. shiny yeah. Yeah. Mon, Mon doesn't wear bling, but. Um, I think know, men are more prone to shiny cars than women are. <laughs> well, I was about to mention, I like shiny cars. I do. And Of course, all these shiny things, the one thing about them is that it's attraction. The yeah, yeah, absolutely, uh-huh, absolutely. Uh-huh. Um, we, but we do, as, as, as human beings, we, we like shiny things. We're like moths. Yep, and it's, 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 it's very, I think it's, I think it's the bogan coming out in me that, um, <laughs> my favorite color is chrome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, and so we read a passage like this. The first thing that goes to our mind is the glory of Jesus Christ. We get images of Jesus in Revelation chapter one, right. where he is powerful, he is majestic and amazing. But the most, the greatest thing about his glory is his character. Mm-hmm. Okay, so what's this? If we if we look at that at this verse now in that context, and take out the word glory and put in the word character, and the glory which you gave me, I have given them. Wow! Now that's interesting wow. because we don't have an example of the disciples being bright and shiny. Moses, yes, once, but not the disciples. We don't have that example, and so. What glory was it that Jesus gave to them? Was it bright and shiny or was it character? Wow. Yeah, you can definitely see the, the, the character of Jesus coming through in the disciples. And, uh, and, and then it goes on and it says, And that they may be one even as we are one. That unity that Jesus wants amongst his disciples is created when Jesus' character is within wow. his disciples. Wow. Amen. It's not so much when we all look bright and shiny. Now the time will come when we'll all look bright and shiny. So if you're worried about not looking bright and shiny this morning <laughs> and you're kind of disappointed about that, <laughs> that day will arrive. Kaya, did you have something that you wanted to yes, say? Yes, I, I was going to say, interestingly, when you look at verses 21, mm-hmm. firstly it talks about the fact that that they may be in our... Okay, and... It says, verse 21, I pray that they will be 
they will be one just as you and I are one as you are in in me father and I I am in you and may they be in us so that the world will believe you sent me so you can almost see that the character in fact this brightness comes as a result of first believing mm-hmm. in Christ when we believe that Christ came and was sent uh, to save us and then this is how this is just one step in which we go towards that glory that yeah character. absolutely yeah fantastic and uh um yeah, and, and as it says there, that the world may believe. You kind of think, it kind of goes through my mind, if all Christians were bright and shiny, the world would just believe. But God did not give us that. God is not interested in playing party tricks. God, is, God wanted to give us something much more real, much more substantial. And character is so much more real and so much more substantial than just being bright and shiny. And that's the gift that, that, that God has given to us. It's interesting, Lyle. We, um, last week we did a, we were working on a series on Philippians, and we looked up a hundred um, greatest minds. Okay, Jesus, that's, that's, a, that's a big chunk. A hundred greatest minds. A hundred greatest minds, and uh, Jesus was down at number 16. Okay. Interestingly enough, a hundred most influential people, Jesus was at number one. Mm. And I can't help but think, that he becomes the most influential person in history because even the skeptics like William Lecky, for example, actually see Jesus as a good person. Even his enemies knew no bad, no, no bad in him because of his character, you know? And so I, I'm, I'm, it's, 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 you know, so many people trying to be intellectual, trying to, you know, and all these great things, they're wonderful things, but the person of Jesus Christ makes him the most influential person in the world, and I'm looking at this, and it says that the world may know that you sent me. There's something about that character of Christ. So we can never aspire to be number one on the world's most influential list, <laughs> but we can aspire to be number two. <laughs> true, true. And the way to do that, obviously, is to copy the guy who's number one. Absolutely. Which is a matter of character, not a matter of brains. That's exactly right. Mm-hmm. Ooh, <laughs> oh, that's deep. <laughs> that is so interesting. <laughs> Because you don't, you don't need to be a brainiac. Like you know, how many of us? You know, I don't have that opportunity to be a brainiac. So, but I can, like, I can mold my we character. We won't talk about yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just thinking about guys like Plato that was on there. Guys like Stephen mm-hmm. Hawking, mm-hmm. guys like Einstein, and and all of a sudden, the most influential person <laughs> is not the most brilliant mind, exactly, but the greatest character. Greatest yeah. character. Yeah, that's Which is all a- something we can attain to. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's never too late. It's mm. never too late to change your character. Mm. Yeah, I've always I've always been a big proponent of um, plagiarism. <laughs> find something good, copy it. You know, you find find a great character, just copy it. You know, you find, you found one right that's, here. That's true. We do that with with weightlifting. We get a picture of a guy that we that, that, that we want to emulate. We we get a picture of a guy that we want to look like. We put them up on the mirror. This is what bodybuilders do. Powerlifters do. They just they look at it and eye it up. And and what do they eat? What, what 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 do they drink? How many times a day do they train? And it's it's, it's all of these th- the components that that they that you know guys are just chasing after, you know, who, who following after a person that they wanna that they wanna emulate. Yeah, that's 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 fantastic. All right, and that's cool. And of course, you know who could who could uh, who could you pick 
as somebody that you want to emulate more mm. than the most influential person who has ever lived. Yes. Amen. And why should we ever, you know, as a, as a human being, why should we ever settle for second best? That's right. You know, setting, settling, settling for second best is just aiming for mediocrity. Mm-hmm. Who who wants to aim for mediocrity? There's no point in aiming for medioc- mediocrity. If you want to be influential in this world, aim for the most influential person who ever lived. Copy his life, problem solved. <laughs> I agree. With There's 100%. your formula. All right, where are we up to? Mon, you want to read a verse for us? Uh, must be up to verse twenty-three. Twenty-three. Do you know what? I think we should skip this verse and go to a song. <laughs> Maybe we should because yeah, so we're kind of out of time, aren't we? I'm glad somebody was watching the clock. <laughs> this is Sandra Enterman with Chorus of Faith. We'll be right back after this song. Sing it with your life, sing with your heart, make melody with the words of your mouth, the mind that you listen, tell it to others, hear the chorus of faith, live the chorus of faith. The first note of the song split the darkness and was sung by the planets and stars. We're sung by angels before us Now come join in the tune Sing it with your life, sing with your heart Make melody with the words of your mouth Mind that you listen, tell it to others Hear the chorus of faith Live the chorus of faith Jesus came to be for us And His coming made our life a song And His word is the chorus Is the light that is burning Is the truth beyond the learning Is the reason about and if you refuse the stones will cry out we do not sing that we might be more blessed he loves us with passion without regret he cannot love more and will not love less sing it with your life sing with your heart make melody with your mouth, the mind that you listen, tell it to others, hear and live the chorus of faith, sing it with your life, sing with your heart, make melody with the words of your mouth, the mind that you listen, tell it to others, hear and live the chorus of faith, 
You're listening to Sandra Enderman, Chorus of Faith, here on Faith FM, and we are back with Encounter, Encounter with God. We have uh, Rome and Kaya joining us here in the studio. They've come all the way down from Armadale. Uh, yeah. How far is Armadale? Because like I said to you before, every time someone says Armadale, I think of the Armadale back in my hometown in Western Australia. Yeah, not that one. Yeah, not F- that from one. here, four and a half hours. Oh, yeah. wow. Mm-hmm. Did you drive that today? No, we did that yesterday. Say. It would have been an early morning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when we said breakfast show, they were <laughs> going for an early one. Thank no. you for coming down. We appreciate no, that. Thank you for having us. Now, uh, let me see. Where were we up to? What were we talking about? Oh, hey, hey, guess what? Guess what, 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 guess what, 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 what? We have an invitation. Oh, we do? Yes, to lunch. Oh, I, I, any invitation to lunch is a good invitation. <laughs> Helen, who won the cookbook? Oh, has yes. Has called back with an invitation for lunch. How yes, good is that? Yes, Helen, I love you. <laughs> Helen, you mean us and all our listeners, right? <laughs> How about your guests? <laughs> Four hour drive. <laughs> oh, bless you. We need to give away more cookbooks. We, we do indeed. Oh, I, can, I can see a bit of a strategy coming up here. I can see a, a pile of cookbooks uh, building oh, up in the prize box over there. Uh-huh. Thank you, Helen. That is very kind. We appreciate yeah. you. We love our listeners. They're just the best. But they really we are. Amazing listeners. They re- we really are. We- we're so blessed with having just the best listeners on the planet. Anyway, verse 23 is what you want me to read out, right? Uh, chapter uh, 17. Actually, I'm going to change my mind. Okay, that's fine. It's fine. Give us John 13.35. John 13.35. And then we'll come back to that other verse. Turning back. 13 and 35 says... Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. Okay, this is a really simple verse, isn't it? But it really goes with what we've been talking about. Um, you know, and, and, and the, the older version of that is probably one that is um, even quite famous where it says, uh, by this will all, know, all men know that you are my disciples, that you have love, love one for another. Mm-hmm. John emphasizes the concept of love probably more than some of the other true. Uh, gospel writers true. and uh, really gives a great balance to the to the gospel story by doing so um and you know we were talking about how that you know god wants to share his glory with us so that the world will see our glory and we talked about how glory and character go together and this is where we see it all coming together Mm, mm. the character of god is love god is love it's as simple as that we mentioned yesterday that you know any teaching you come across that does not teach that god is love you already know you, you don't ever have to dig into your bible to find out you know is this is this false doctrine or true doctrine it's false that's if, right. if it teaches that God is not love, it right. is false doctrine, right. plain and simple. That's right. um, and then all you need to do is go looking through your Bible to find out all the verses that show that it is false. That's, that's right. right, yeah. Because right. mm. yeah, you already know the answer to that one. All right, now, Mon, you were going to read for us verse 23, so you were keen for that one. I will let you read it. Oh, two kinds. I am in them and you are in me. May they experience such perfect unity that the world will know that you sent me and that you love them as much as you love me. Okay, let's think about this for a moment. Rome, how much love is there between the Father and the Son? Immense. Immeasurable. 
It's immeasurable, isn't it? It's immeasurable. It's infinite. You, you can't even begin to quantify that in any way, shape, or form, can That's you? That's exactly right, yeah. This is the Godhead. Mm-hmm. Um, this is the Godhead that is eternal. Yes. Has always been there, will always been there. This is the Godhead that has created everything that is in existence. This is the Godhead that created us because this is the Godhead that wanted to have a relationship with us for eternity. That's the purpose for our existence. That's right. And so when you think about the love that exists in the Godhead, what it says here in verse 23, you know, I and them, you and me, that they may be perfect in one. The world may know that you have sent me and have loved me as you, sorry, and, and have loved them as you have loved me. When you think about that for a moment, the love that God has for you. Mm-hmm is the same as the love that the Father has for the Son, the Son has for the Father, the Holy Spirit has for the Father and the Son, as the Godhead has for each other. In other words, this is love that is just truly, amazingly immeasurable, and this is the love that motivated the Godhead to do something about the problem here. This is why Jesus came to this earth. This is why Jesus died. This is why Jesus gave his life as a sacrifice for us. But reading on from there, it gets even more amazing and more astounding in uh, how Jesus directs us to have you know this unity, this oneness that he has. He goes on in verse 23 and he says, I and them and you and me, that they may be perfect in one and the world may know that you have sent me and have loved them as you have loved me. Father, I will that they also whom you have given me be with me where I am. Am. Now that's an interesting statement. We, we we read that statement there, and we initially think, you know, our mind immediately goes straight to heaven, where I am. Where is Jesus? In heaven. He wants us to be in heaven with him. However, my question is this: Where was Jesus when he prayed this prayer? Jesus was on the way to the cross, and so why would Jesus say that we be with him where he is? If Jesus is on his way to the cross, is it possible that Jesus was praying that we join him in going to the cross? Well, the answer to that question is found over in Revelation, and we'll flick over there very quickly. And uh, we've got a fair bit to cover here, so I'm just going to move through it fairly rapidly now. Revelation chapter, let me see here, 14. And it says in Revelation 14 and verse 4, these are those which were not, which were defiled with women for they are virgins. And of course here the Bible is not talking about virgins in the sense that we talk about virgins, else I think we'd all be in trouble. Uh, the Bible is talking about, you know, a, a woman in the symbol of a church, they're not defiled with the defiling women, false doctrine, false churches, false teachings, etc. It goes on. These are those which follow the Lamb, Wherever he goes, they were redeemed from among men, being the first fruits unto God and to the Lamb. And so, in this passage right here, we find that here we have the followers of Jesus are prepared to follow him as the Lamb. And when Jesus was the Lamb of God, where was he going? Where are we called to follow him as the Lamb? He was the Lamb of God on Calvary. Therefore, we are called to follow him to Calvary. 
Well, what does that mean? Revelation 12, verse 1 and 2, the Bible says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. You know, this is the, this is the least you can do when you understand just how good God is. And, you know, um, the living sacrifice right there. What sacrifice is that? That is the sacrifice of ourself. Jesus is praying, yes, that we join him at the cross. We follow him at the cross. We go to where he is. Where is he? He is at the cross. Why? Because it's at the cross that we find grace. It's at the cross we find forgiveness. It's at the cross that we find cleansing. And it's at the cross we experience dying with Jesus to self and gaining that true victory of what it means to be one with Jesus Christ, uh, one with God, perfectly united together there. This is an incredible passage that just, you know, opens new understandings of the depths of God's love, helps us to understand more than ever before just what a blessing it is to be able to serve such an incredible God who loves us just so much. We often there are so many things that we, we actually miss when we just have a surface reading of this particular chapter of the Gospel of John right here, the prayer of Jesus that he prays um, for his disciples and for us and for you as a listener today, uh, just before he uh, heads to the cross. And the challenge for us is to follow Jesus. The call on our hearts today, the call on your heart, will you make the decision? Will you follow Jesus to the cross? Will you go there and stand at the foot of the cross and receive the grace that he makes available to you, the forgiveness, the cleansing? And will you die with Jesus today? Die to self and live for Jesus with your whole heart. We'll be right back after this break. Sits enthroned above For our lives 
morning when He comes, sing to the living God. How He loves us with great love, He who sits enthroned above. For our lives He spilled His blood, set His Spirit like a So here is a question sent in by a listener. What is the question of the day today? Okay, it is, why did Cain kill Abel? Oh, really good question. And I should mention, of course, you can use those phone numbers I just mentioned, 1-800-324-843, or text us on 0491-064-669 if you would like your question to be answered as a part of question of the day. And you can send questions in through any of the social medias that we're on. So any forms, just... Anyway that you can get it to us, we will find it, we will answer it. Okay, so question of the day today, the answer is found in 1 John chapter 3. Did you expect to find the answer there? No, I super did not. <laughs> like Genesis, here we come, but I guess not. <laughs> We're going to go all the way pretty much to the other end of the Bible. You're almost in the book of Revelation by the time you get to the book of 1 John. But in 1 John chapter 3 and verse 12, the Bible says, Not as Cain, who was of Satan and killed his brother. Whoa, okay. And why did he kill him? Because his own works were evil and his brother's righteous. So this is an interesting, uh, it's an interesting scenario that takes place here that is not uncommon within humanity, where you find people who do not want to obey God and they will attack people who do obey God because people who do obey God make them feel bad. We just talked about this yesterday, didn't we? We did just talk about this yesterday. And one of the challenges is that, you know, as a Christian, you never want to make somebody else feel bad. But the simple reality is that just by the life that you live, people are going to feel bad when they see you. And then, of course, if you stand for what is right, the moment that you stand for what is right and say that this is wrong and this is right, the moment you make that kind of a statement, you've made somebody feel bad who's done the wrong thing. And of course, that person then has uh, two options, I guess, as to how they deal with those that sense of feeling bad. One of them is that they can either justify themselves or the alternative is to... Uh, to accept it and to find forgiveness. And of course, that's the permanent solution that you have right there. That's okay. right. So, which path did Cain go down? Well, if we go back to the book of Genesis chapter 4, we're going to find that Cain went down the path of justifying himself, you know. And even when God came to him later and said, where is, uh, where is your brother Abel? Cain's like, am I my brother's keeper? How should I know? You know, trying as if you can lie to God. Mm. But there's an important lesson that we can learn from this. There are a number of important lessons. What took place was that God had asked them to bring a sacrifice. Cain was a shepherd and Abel was a, um, <clears throat> a vegetable grower. Cain wanted to bring something that was special to him, something that was actually a sacrifice for him. And so he brought vegetables. God, of course, you know, the sacrifice that God asked for is a sacrifice of a lamb. And so rather than going and getting one of Abel's lambs, he brings some vegetables. And the Bible, all the Bible says is that God didn't honor Cain's sacrifice. You know, God didn't come down and rant and rave and carry on and, and, and kick up a big stink. He just didn't honor the sacrifices. Like, yeah, okay, I understand where your heart is. I understand where you're coming from with this, but it's not what I asked for. 
The lesson here is that God is specific. The problem wasn't with the sacrifice. The problem wasn't with Cain's motivation necessarily for bringing that sacrifice, but the problem was with where Cain's heart was at. You see, when our heart is with God, we obey God simply because of what God says, rather than obeying God on our own uh, on our own terms, so to speak. And so it's like, yeah, I'm going to obey God, but I'm going to obey God my way. God is always specific about what he asks for. Um, God didn't say, hey, go get a sacrifice. Any kind of sacrifice will be fine. God said, bring a lamb. That's clear throughout the Bible. And uh, throughout the Bible, you find that God is always specific. You know, some people bring up the subject of the Sabbath and we find that you know nothing has changed there. You know, God is specific about which day we worship him on. And when we worship him according to what he says it shows where our heart is. We're not saved because we're good enough to be saved. Our goodness is a result. It's an evidence of our love for God. That's why we obey God. It's because we love him. Thank you, Lyle.
Welcome back, everybody. This brings us to the end of today's show. And, of course, if you are listening to this show, then you are listening to the delayed broadcast. So this was this show was recorded on the 17th of October. So whenever you are listening to it, that is uh, this is the delayed broadcast. And just a quick reminder to our delayed broadcast listeners, if you would like to listen to the live show, and on today's live show we had some great giveaways that have already been snapped up. I'll tell you about one of them in just a moment. But if you'd like to listen to the live show, participate in the quiz, snap up the free offers, all that kind of stuff, it is so simple. You just simply go across to faithfm.com.au and press play. Uh, Do that on your phone, do that on your mobile device, do it on your computer if you're at home or in the workshop or wherever you might be. Uh, Run it through your headset, your car, your Bluetooth, your tape insert, whatever it is, your aux cord. Um, Alternatively, you can use the TuneIn app. You can get the free version, make Faith FM Radio Australia one of your favorites or your favorite, and uh, simply use it in exactly the same way. That's the way I listen to it, and it is the simplest way to be able to listen to Faith FM. And, of course, you'll never have to worry about having a bad signal or driving out of the signal or otherwise. Today, we did give away a book on the show, and it was called Prayer 90X, or Prayer 90 Times, 90 Days to a Spiritually Fit You. So this is a fitness program, a spiritual fitness program, by Ivor Myers. Now, this particular uh, free offer was made available by Mon because she particularly was blessed by reading this particular uh, book. It's actually two books right here. There's a workbook that goes with it. And uh, we gave that one away. So that's just a little bit of a sample of the kind of things that you can snap up on the live show. So the live show comes with all of the advantages. Jump it right across there. And don't forget, of course, if you'd like to study the Bible or if you'd like to do my Bible study course, which is called The Prophetic Code, then give us a call. Our number is 1-800-324-843. You can text us on 0491-064-669. Shake your chains to the earth And rise up with the dawn Oh, my soul